Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Let's go on to today and um, thinking about Christmas part two. I think that most people, maybe everybody, I don't know, but most people love a story where a heroic person steps up when either no one else is available or no one else is willing to step up. I think we love movies particularly, where we love watching a movie where, where, where there's this thrilling um, plot where someone says, there's, let's say there's a global disaster. And there's only one person that can save the day, can save the world. Let's, let's look at a movie like Mission Impossible, okay? I don't know, most people love Mission Impossible movies. And you've got, like I said, this disaster that's happening, and there's just one person, and Tom Cruise or Ethan Hunt, however you want to look at it, jumps into the scene, and some way or another, the hero ends up at the top and wins. And over $4 billion later, people can't get enough of this storyline. Because that's what happens. People will spend their time, people will spend their money to, to be inspired, to be engaged by something that almost seems unimaginable, impossible. But then there are stories that you hear about that you can't find on a movie theater screen. You can't find when you stream in your home. There are times when the real heroic stories are not in a movie, but they are in real life, and we love them. I read about a story this week about a guy named Jesus Garcia. This is what picture they have of him. In 1907, <clears throat> Jesus was taking a break. He was taking a break at his job at the rail yard. When all of a sudden he looked at a distance from him and he saw one of the railroad cars was caught on fire. Now he didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to do anything about this. But in this moment, he stepped up because he realized something. That railroad car was filled with dynamite. So he gets to the car, and, and not knowing the specific details, but what it's told us is that he got that railway car to begin moving down the railway until it got down a couple miles from that small town in Mexico. And the people heard an explosion. That day, Jesus lost his life but at the same time saved countless lives in that small town. It was such a big deal that this little town in Mexico changed their name in order to honor Jesus Garcia. We love these stories. And we read the details, we're fascinated, we're inspired, because it's amazing when someone will step into a situation that we know many people wouldn't have done that same action. Have you ever thought about the Christmas story as a heroic event that took place 
in history. Have you ever thought about the heroic nature of this story or because we have watched it or listened to it or read it over and over has it maybe lost its wow factor? I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about that kind of nature of that story today as we continue this conversation this Christmas. See, last week we started a a series that was simply titled God with us, right? Simply titled because this is the time of year we use a word or talk about a word that we rarely use any other time. And that word is Advent. And Advent is simply talking about the arrival. That's what the word means, the arrival. And so we're talking about the arrival of Jesus, come, uh, the arrival of God coming to be with us through Jesus. Now, last week, um, I think it was a pretty simple message, but I'm hoping it connected in a deep place in your life that this story that can, comes around every single year, we know what story is coming at Christmas. That the thing that I highlighted, that God highlighted in my own heart this year, is that maybe the greatest thing from the Christmas story, the biggest ramification that comes from the Christmas story, is that God being with us in just his presence changes everything. Because maybe everything we're looking for in life happens through the presence of God. Now the problem, as we ran into last week, is oftentimes people feel like the presence of God is an elusive thing in our life. We can talk about the presence of God. We can see that other people seem to experience the presence of God. A pastor can talk about the presence of God. But many times in our own life, it's like, where is the presence of God? So we talked about how do we practice the presence of God. And if you missed that first week, you can always go back. But this week, I want to make a transition. I want to talk about another thing that happens, another thing that changes because God's arrival, him coming to be with us through Jesus. And I wanted to go back to where I began today because I'm wondering if I could talk about the Christmas story today, a portion of the Christmas story, almost like it is a box office thriller. Could I talk about the Christmas story this morning? Could I share with you? Could I remind you of the Christmas story, but under or through the lens of what if this really was one of those heroic movies? that we went to the movie theater or streamed at our home. And if it was, well, the Christmas story, movie, just like many other stories, has a backstory. Recently, we went to the movie theaters because, I don't know if you heard of the Hunger Games before, but Hunger Games came out the new movie and I believe they call it a prequel, right? And so people are like, oh, what happened before the actual happenings that we all had watched or people had watched? And so went to the movie theater to see this prequel. Well, the Christmas story has this. And we could say that the pre-backstory starts all the way back at creation, all the way back at uh, creation of earth or humanity, the beginning of the Bible, but I don't want to go back that far. Where I want to go back today is to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 is actually something that we talked about earlier this fall in this interaction that God had with Moses, but I want to go back because I, for me, we need to see this part of the story to see even how big Christmas is. So can I read you Exodus chapter 
3, because God is reminding, or I'm sorry, God is responding to a group of people who are saying, God, see me. God, save me. God, I need you to be here right now. See, the story of Exodus chapter 3 is about a group of people who've been beaten and bruised by the Egyptians. And there's pain and suffering going on. But the big part of this moment is not just that the suffering was going on, it's that God sees it and responds to it. And it says, the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me. And I've also seen the oppression with the Egyptians, uh, which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. See, God's having a conversation with a, a man named Moses. And we see this story not only take place here, but it takes place through all of Scripture, where God sees his people. He knows the desires of the people. He knows the needs of the people. He knows the pains of the people. He just knows us. But like I said, the amazing part of this is not just we have a God that sees us and knows us and and, and the details of our life is God responds. Now, at this moment of history, God responds by going to a person, as I said, named Moses. Moses was reluctant to say, uh, to accept what God was saying to him. Moses was a, had his weaknesses. Moses had his past. Moses was not the perfect candidate for what God was about to do. But in this moment, God is looking, speaking to Moses and saying, I have a job for you. All you have to do is say yes. And upon Moses' yes, God did incredible things through his life. Moses is one of the most revered people in the history of the Jewish culture, but us as Christians as well. See, God used Moses to save the people of Israel. And then what happens through the course of history, we see through the Old Testament, is God once again, over and over and over, meets his people where they need him to meet. But there's a transition in the Bible, could I say a transition in our story, in our movie today. And it happens, give or take, to B.C., There's a transition that happens in in 2 B.C. The story that's going on right now is the Jewish people are finding themselves in this place again where they're not doing well. But this time it's not at the hands of the Egyptians, it's at the hands of the Romans. The Jewish people, it's almost, I've said before, like under the foot of the Romans. They're being taxed. 
beyond their ability to live. They're pushed down to the lowest place in culture, ridiculed, talked bad about. Like this, the Jewish people were not doing well. And, and just like before, there's these cries to heaven. We need our Messiah to come. We need to be rescued. We need to be saved. It almost mirrors or echoes what was in the, the distance from their past history. There they are again. Could I say maybe the beauty of the Christmas story is that God sees his people again. God once again shows his love for his people. He responds once again. God begins to speak, but this time it is not to Moses. And this time he's not the one speaking technically. He begins to speak through an angel. You know this part of the movie, right? He begins to speak through an angel. God needed to prepare two people for what he was about to do miraculously again. He needed to speak to a woman named Mary. He needed to speak to a man named Joseph who were about to get married but had no idea what was about to change their life. And so one night, an angel meets Mary and says this. Bradley actually read it earlier. It says, the angel came to her and said, you are honored very much. You are a favored woman. The Lord is with you. You are chosen among many women. And when she saw the angel, she was troubled at his words. She thought about what had been said, and the angel said to her, Mary, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. See, you are to become a mother and have a son. And you're going to give him the name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him place, the place where his earlier father David sat. He will be king over the family of Jacob forever, and his nation will have no end. In this mission movie of God being heroic, he is meeting this woman where she is and preparing her. I'm about to do something, but you need to know your place in this story. Don't be afraid. It's a really good thing. But the angel's not done talking because we know he has to prepare a second person, right? Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because, because, he will save his people from their sins. God responded to his people way back in Exodus chapter 3 by sending a man Moses and they were rescued, they were saved they were pulled out of their pain and despair he heard their cries this time around God said I'm not going to send somebody 
it's time for me to go. It's almost he calls on himself and Jesus enters the story. Jesus does what only he can do. He came to be with us because we needed to be saved. Once again, this is an old story that if you grow up in the church, it's like you know the details. But what if this is the first time you hear this story? What if this is the first time you would see this movie in front of your eyes that these people are in despair? These people need rescuing. And you're like, God has done this before and he's doing it again because the people need to be saved. What would your first response be if you hadn't seen this story before would it grab your attention like a man who sees a railroad car filled with dynamite and people need to be saved and he jumps in and moves it and he gives his own life for it would the wow factor be there if you heard the story of what Jesus did for the very first time? If you understood that what the people needed, they need to be saved because they're broken and suffering, lost for the real direction, sinful in nature. See, God saw humanity, knew what was needed, and he did what it took. If I were to break down this storyline, if I would almost tap into the mind of God of what he was doing in this moment, how I would break down this story or the, the mission to send Jesus to earth to be with us would be for four reasons. First is because it was essential because it was planned it was costly but it was personal once again I'm viewing this story like we view these mission movies these rescuing saving movies and if I was breaking down this timeline why did God do what he did and how did this play out I would say because he knew it was essential and this is a, 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 a old and simple but needed truth in your life. This mission of sending Jesus to earth is essential because we never have and never will be able to save ourselves. Our world is be creating new things all the time. Entrepreneurs creation of, of technology and, and health sciences and all kinds of things. But the one thing that will never be able to create is the ability for us in humanity to be able to save ourselves. What I wonder sometimes is how much we know this but take this for granted. That if Jesus did not come, you and I would not have the ability to receive salvation. Because we could never create this ourselves. This in itself is heroic, no matter if the story is old, 
no matter if the story has been told hundreds of times, this will be the truth is essential for our life. Two, it is planned. Paul, talking to the church in Galatia after they've been planted, later on in the New Testament we read, he's trying to describe to them what happened in Jesus' coming. He wouldn't have called it the Christmas story. Just, he talked about the coming of Jesus. And he, would, he said to them, in the fullness of time, he came. And he adopted us as sons and daughters. In the fullness of time, God has been, never been, and never will be late for anything that needs to happen in this world or in your life. Paul is saying to those people, when the time was right, Jesus came and did his rescue mission here on this earth. It wasn't too early, it wasn't too late, it was on time. It was planned by God from the beginning, and when the fullness of time came, he acted. Why is this important? Because you are going to be asking God to move in your life at some point, and you're going to wonder where he is. And at some point, we are going to come back to this truth. God has never been late. God has never been early. He is always on time. I can trust this. I can trust this. He knew it was essential for him to come. There was a planned time for when it was going to happen. But it was costly. It was costly. Once again, can you go with me? You haven't heard this story before. It's brand new right in front of you. Jesus leaves the throne in heaven and trades it for some straw in a manger. Costs him position to only grow up and to be ridiculed and be told by millions of people we wanted a Messiah. We've been waiting for the Messiah. We've been waiting for the person. We want to be rescued, but you're not the guy. So much you're not the guy that we're going to kill you for saying that you are the guy. It's quite a plot. It's quite a storyline. The hero comes to save the hero comes at the exact right time, and the people go, we want to be saved, but not by you. And it costs him his life. It costs him the position where he was to come to us, but he did it. What a plot. What a storyline of the hero coming, giving this up. But why did he do it? Not only is it essential, not only was it planned, not only was it costly, because it was personal. It was personal. I said last week, don't think maybe for a moment, God with us. Talk about the presence of God, of God with me. In this case, God sent Jesus not just to rescue us, but to rescue you. Think how personal this story is. It wasn't just saving humanity, it was saving you. 
It's why I love the story of Luke chapter 15, um, of Jesus telling a story about the shepherd who left the 99 to go to the one. It's a climactic part of the story of Jesus for me because in this moment he expresses his heart in maybe the most tangible way. I have come because the one is lost. I've come because the one is scared. I've come because the one is in danger. It is personal. It is specific. It is about you. This is the Christmas story. But you know what? The story of Jesus didn't end there. And there's a part of this story that I want to make sure we get this Christmas that often we don't talk about. He came, he saved, he rescued. But there was a time when Jesus said, my time on earth is done. Later in the New Testament, he goes and tells the disciples, he's like, listen, my time on earth is done, but I want to tell you something. I'm going to send you someone even greater for your life. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit why? Because you are in charge of the mission that I started after I leave. And you are going to do even greater things than I did. It's almost like the hero comes in and goes, I did this big event, but I've got to go, but I'm going to put this in your hands you need to live out what i did here on this earth it's almost like there's these two big questions that are on us after we see what jesus does in christmas and the questions are will you say yes to the mission i left to you and are you okay that it co will cost you surrendering your life I think part of the story of Christmas we leave out is what do we do next? The hero has come, but the hero does leave. But he doesn't leave without putting something in our lap. The mission was essential to God so much that he sent his son Jesus. But the question is, do we feel that necessity in our own life to carry on what Jesus did? When, Je when God called Moses to save the, as he's going to save the Israelites, he put it in his hands and says, I need you to say yes. But what's amazing is, that same yes is being asked of you and me. Even if it calls us to surrender everything in our life. There's a guy named Jay who goes to our church. Last Sunday, Jay comes and meets me. Um, talked to me after service. He says, Scott, he says, Scott um, I'm still going to the strip to pray um, Thursdays, Fridays, the weekends. I said, yeah? See, Jay, a little time before, said to me, wouldn't it be cool if the church went to pray for people on the strips late at nights during, you know, you know what goes on the strip, the bars and stuff like this? I said, Jay, that sounds like something God is speaking to you about. Yes, I think it would be great. 
Jay goes after 9.30, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and just goes. You know what he does? He walks up to someone and goes, is there anything I can pray for you about? And he says, Scott, the, the coolest things happened this week. He said, I, I walked up and, and I said to someone, can I pray for you? And I found out that during this conversation that he was a pastor's kid. And he was on his fifth day of a five-day binge of cocaine. And when I brought up Jesus in prayer, he said he completely broke down. He completely broke down. And he just was like, I need to help. I need to help. And in this moment, he was able to pray with him, make a connection to him, point him to Jesus. I said, Jay, let me tell you something. I think you're coming to tell me this story this week so I can share this story with our church next week. Because God gave you a part of the mission to walk out, and you said yes. And every person has a calling to carry out their part of the mission that Jesus started at Christmas, but leaves for us. And why do I think this is so important? is because I believe there's something deep inside of us that is dormant until we say yes to Jesus, to this calling of mission, and all of a sudden we come to life. I think there's a part of every human being that is not activated, that God has put inside of us until we say yes I will carry on the mission you started through Jesus. That I believe each and every one of us were created for more than what we see on this earth. And until we say yes to something that's bigger than what the world has to offer, there's something missing in us. I think it's often what people are chasing in their life and have angst in their life and are struggling in their life is because God created something more in us. So, Jesus comes at Christmas and we celebrate it. He spoke to Mary and Joseph, and Jesus came, and Joseph said he's got to come because people need to be saved. But y'all, the Christmas story is not the end. It's just a piece of the movie. It continues. And Jesus says, what I did at Christmas, you can live out every day and point people to the Father. Because there are still people screaming out, help, I need God in my life. Help, I need something. You're never going to be the hero. The hero is Jesus. But you get to take part in the heroic mission. The question is, will we say yes to it? In how we live our life, we're either pointing people to the Father or we're pointing people to what is of this earth. See, the mission of Jesus was you. But the question is, will the mission continue through you to a world that still needs 
the heroic story of Jesus coming to be with us on mission. This morning, you may be, need to be the recipient of the work of Jesus. And that's very simple of just when you surrender your life. This is what these people did in baptism. They're acknowledging they surrendered their life to Jesus and forgiven of their sins. That may be what you receive, but I know there's even a larger portion of people what needs to be received today as a different why to how you live. There is more. And it's found in Jesus for salvation, but it's also found in Jesus through mission. Last week... I said the number one thing we get from Jesus is his presence. Maybe the second thing we get is new life in mission. But it's up to us to say yes. So Heavenly Father, your Christmas story tells us what you did. And God, no matter how many times we hear it, thank you, thank you, and thank you for coming, being the hero of our life, that you saw us as an essential mission, and you gave your life for us. But God, the question is, do we give our life to you and then begin to live for a different why, for a different mission ourselves? And my prayer is this Christmas that we would evaluate why are we even living every day? What are we doing with our lives? Does it matter? And for anybody in this room who feels that angst of does my life matter? God, may your Holy Spirit speak into their life saying there's a part of you I created for more that you haven't activated and it comes after your yes. Speak to your people, God. And as this song is going to say, God, will we make ourselves available to you? May we be just like Moses and say, okay, I don't know if I'm the guy. I've got my past, I've got my weaknesses, but okay, God, you can use me. Thank you for these reminders. It's your name we pray. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.